In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? FBI! FBI! This is the worst podcast I have ever been on the worst no i'm just i'm really hoping that someday scorpio sky or frankie kazarian will come on and and you know oh say okay, that I get what you're saying. yeah uh, now i understand yeah i'd love to have kaz on for a show that'd be fun even if he was just on long enough to say do ya <laughs> i'd be happy with that if, I mean, I, I know love Scorpio Sky too, but there's a lot more history with me and Kaz, you know, because I watched him in TNA. That's really what I got. That's yeah, the history that's him and I lot, have. That's history. There. <laughs> um, he's got a, a reoccurring segment on BT where it was. It started off in they had a, a YouTube series for a while that was uh, restaurants on the uh, no wrestlers on the road ordering room service, kind of a play on the comedians and the card ordering coffee or whatever um and he told a story and in it he mentioned uh and i'm not gonna do it any any uh justice you'll have to just look it up and everything but he mentioned you know someone asked him a question while he was working out and he's doing the stretches with the the resistance band and he just responded do ya and it surprised everyone so that turned into a bet on bte where just out of nowhere someone would ask you know say hey i really like that shirt and just out of nowhere you'd hear kaz go do ya and the camera would flip over and there he is with the resistant bands just doing the <laughs> no i really like that shirt too man so i just want him to come on and say do ya do ya do ya resistance anyway. band curls just out of nowhere yep out of nowhere um I would like to remind everyone, Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network, so make sure to head over to TatnusCo.com and check out all the other shows on the network. Um, if that you are... includes Tatnus Uncensored with a guy who obviously uses resistance bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gets a little jacked. Do ya? <laughs> I should just text Tatnus. Just do ya? And see if he gets it. Do ya? Um... But if you are new to this show, the premise is quite simple. Uh, we're going to take turns challenging each other to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We don't talk about them in enhance. We don't warn each other what's going to come up. So your answers are entirely made up on the spot, off the cuff, and uh, usually pretty entertaining. Um, before we get into it, though, I'd like to remind everyone to make sure to click that uh, subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on to make sure you get notified every time we post a new episode. And while you're at it, click the share button and, and tweet, send out a tweet or a Facebook message or an Instagram or smoke signals or uh, Friendster 
MySpace message, um, six degrees of separation. Share it on Napster if you want. Yeah, I put it on. Yeah, I don't care what you do. Just share it on that um, so other people can hear about it. And uh, like us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us uh, all over the place. We technically have an Instagram, but I'm an old fart, and I don't know how to use it very well. So um, we'll get into that at some point. Here's hoping I can figure it out. We've, we've known people who made mistakes with Instagram. Yeah. Yes, we do. It can be. It can, I, I know I'm not going to make that mistake. So. Yeah. Well, we'll leave that alone because, you know, they yeah. know people who listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, you can also, if you like supporting us, you can head over to patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. You can support us there. Get access to excellent sweet perks like our Discord server, commercial-free episodes, voting for classic pay-per-view reviews, monthly Ask Me Anythings, and even the ability to be invited on this very show to challenge us to book your fantasy booking scenario. So a lot of great ways to support us there. Um, you can head over to our merch shop, shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU and buy merch if you'd rather not do a monthly uh you know uh patreon buying merch is a great way to support us there um but the easiest way to support us yeah but the easiest way to support us by far is sharing this on social media uh getting the word out so more and more people listen to us so uh but on that note we will go ahead and get into the fantasy booking um and i think i went first last week so i will defer the option da fabe to go first this week should he choose should i choose i think i should choose yeah to go first i don't know because if i get vicious then you'll be vicious back i have already decided what i am going to do so your booking challenge is not going to affect my booking challenge okay well i i really intended on thinking about this beforehand um and you can do that i could do mine first that's fine no worries i'll let you go first because i want to see okay yeah mine i don't i don't think it's vicious i i I really haven't tried very very hard to be vicious so i don't think it's vicious but my challenge for you knowing that we've got extreme rules coming up in a few weeks and by a few weeks i mean like four something like that they they announced the official date for it and i can't remember it um and knowing that uh covid is still going on and even though there's a chance there might be some crowd there it's still not going to be a full house crowd uh if it wouldn't be anyways for wwe you've been to a live show <laughs> my my uh, thing <laughs> comes down to the fact that there will likely be a cinematic match, at least one at Extreme Rules. Oh no! So I need you to book the cinematic match for Extreme Rules. <laughs> I need who, what, and if needed, where. Um, but other than that, I'm not limiting you on who is in it. I'm not limiting you on what it's for. Um, the oh. only the only limits are um, we know Edge is out and probably not going to be back from his surgery in time to participate. And even if he was putting him in an Extreme Rules match right after tricep surgery, 
not a good idea, probably. So wisdom does not merit that. But uh, there's still a lot of potential. I mean, we we know a bunch of feuds that are being built right now. Some that are already built. So you know, you could go off those, or you could go totally off the wall and make up a whole new feud. I think I'm. I think that's what I'm going to do, and I think it's going to be a tag. Um, tag title feud and I think it's going to be so the Smackdown tag I'm sorry the Raw Morrison and Miz are on Smackdown no yes. Raw Smackdown I believe I thought the Universal title was on Raw nope it's on Smackdown it's on Smackdown it's on Smackdown that's right it got moved okay. and turned to a blue belt that's right God. can we just call it the Smackdown title and the Raw title instead of Universal and WWE it makes it so much easier I, I yeah. agree um but that's that's a WBU episode. Uh, WBU stands for Wrestling Booking Unit. Anyway, sorry. That's a little fun fact I like to throw in every now and then. Fun fact. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm, I'm going to have Miz and Morrison. Um, and the SmackDown Tag Title Champ Title. The SmackDown Tag Champions right now are New Day, correct? Uh, I believe so. So yes. So about a Miz and Morrison versus New Day. Gotta be honest, I'm a little out of touch on the current uh, state of SmackDown because of the whole Sling TV not um, having it on there anymore. So uh, I'm gonna Google it, but you go ahead and keep. In a mu- uh, in a uh, music video match. And I think New Day's the right characters for that too. And they have a match and random music gets played and it's the match is literally choreographed to the music and it's in like a a, a music studio so people are getting hit with mics and you hear the loud thump and um, it allows them to put in little spots and I'm trying to think of how you would win it you know because apparently you don't have to win cinematic matches yeah yeah I'm kind of done with cinematic matches for a while after Sunday. <laughs> I really am. That's why I was like, oh, no. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have that. There's going to be some guest appearances um, from Jeff Jarrett. Double uh, J. Yeah. Um, who would be on the Miz and Morrison side. There's going to be a guest appearance from John Cena, um, obviously doing Dr. Thugonomics. Um, Trying to think of anybody else. Uh, is Honky Tonk Man still alive? I thought so. So we'll have Honky Tonk. Um, obviously, we won't get Jericho, who has a music, an actual music career. Um, but I think that's about it for, like, musically. Like, they're known for... In, their character did music at some point. Uh, oh, maybe they could bring back... What was her name? Um, the one that was the budding... She was... Uh, all I can think of is Dana Brooke, and it's not Dana Brooke. Uh, she was the budding pop star. She couldn't sing. Uh, like she, she's talented like... enough to sing badly, like really badly. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, crap. She was a female wrestler, um, obviously. I guess I should have said that. That makes sense. Uh, anyway, I bring her. Uh, why does Dana Brooke keep popping in my head? Dana Brooke and Lily and Garcia, Garcia are the only ones that are popping in my head for some reason. Oh, uh, pop star wrestler. It is Jillian Hall, maybe. That's it. Okay. Thank you. 
As I say, when I type in pop star wrestler, I get a million Japanese wrestlers. Uh, because, you know, they do that. Ooh, Maria Canellis did some. That's a good opportunity to bring her and Mike back. Mickey yeah, James, would... that's a country album. Mickey James would be one. Our Truth. Our Truth. So you can have all these different musicians come in and do cameos during this match, which would make it kind of fun because it's it's also a chance to bring back Zack Ryder. Um, uh, Jesse James backstage, uh, you know, his original gimmick where he got the name Road Dog from was he was supposed to be the roadie for. Uh, actually, he was the one who actually performed the song, Jeff Jarrett's song. Yep. He was the roadie for Jeff Jarrett, and then, and then he went off on his own as the road dog. See, look at all the fun, fun cameos you could have here. Didn't HB Santino Morello do singing too at one point? He might have. I mean, Heath Andy Slater. You could bring yeah. back Heath Slater for the one man band, baby. That's right. You could, you could bring back the whole group. They're all, they're all. Well, one of them's not there, but you know, throw him some cash, he'll show up. Uh, and and three count, you know, used to have Shane Helms. He's been released, but throwing some cash, he'll show up for one match. Um, Evan Courageous is still out there doing something. Um, was it three count a uh, uh, boy band gimmick? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure if uh, Shannon Moore is still wrestling at all. They don't actually have to wrestle. They just have to show up. And and cut the music spot like almost make it into like musical chairs. You have the wrestling match, and then out of nowhere, you have the music spot pop up, and and now they're like I don't know, like they don't have control over themselves, and they have to dance, and and yeah. yeah Shannon Moore is it, indeed still wrestling, apparently. It could be fun. It could be garbage. But that's what cinematic matches are really about. They could be fun, or they could be garbage. Who knew we would get this many that were garbage? So, yeah, that's what I do. And uh, that gives us a, t- a chance to put the titles back on Miz and Morrison. So hey, I have hey. Them, ho, ho. I have them win by their music video coming on. And um, New Day just being so dumbfounded um, that Biggie stops to start eating pancakes out of nowhere and just stares at it while he's eating pancakes. And then he gets rolled up for a win. I'm actually calling for a roll-up victory on purpose. Interesting. That would be... I, I don't know. I mean... I, I, there's no real good storylines for it right now. Um, what they're doing with the Street Profits and, and uh, 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 Viking, Viking Raiders. More Viking Raiders machine experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's garbage. So, can't do that. Um, I just don't see a whole lot of people having a really good cinematic match. The 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 key. I think we've discovered that the key to cinematic is there has to be something about their character that you can't normally do in a ring that gives them an extra oomph by doing that. You know, and two of those were paranormal. Um, you know, the the five man match in in a in an arena for AEW was, you know, it was all the different locations you can be. Um, Unfortunately, our other cinematic matches as of late, you know, fell flat, whether it was NXT um, with the backlot brawl that wasn't really a very good backlot brawl. Um, The, you know, Viking War Raider experience thing that didn't even become a match wasn't all that great. Um, 
you could maybe do one with Lashley and McIntyre. So that's what I was I was kind of thinking. MVP lounge, you know, type thing. Well, I mean, in the end, the the cinematic matches that work, um, the big unifying thing in my book that they have is they all had a very, very like good reason for it to happen that way, right? Uh, the Boneyard match, even though I gave it all sorts of heck for not telling us what the hell a Boneyard match was, right? Um, it still, it made sense. It made sense for the characters. It made sense for them to want to fight a match that was not in a ring, right? You know, um, the uh, Firefly Funhouse match made sense for the characters. Uh, it made sense in a weird L- LSD dream sort of way of the, of why everything well, but I, I don't wonder if those are if the supernatural was the part that makes that good well but i don't even think it was it's, it's psychological not supernatural it was more well, about him getting but but even even getting to the the uh stadium stampede and aew um it made sense because it was it wasn't just hey let's have a cinematic match big it was this ring. is too big for just a ring and oh look, we've got an entire stadium over there that we can do, um, you know. And then the ones that failed were the ones that were done almost exclusively because, hey, we've got to do a cinematic match. Well, and, and typically they're done with with some type of comedic tone to them, and that's been that's been the failure. The only reason, and and I repeat, the only reason I would do this Ms. Morrison thing uh, would be. Number one, they've got this new music video thing that they do, which is kind of fun. Um, and number two, uh, you can bring in all these characters in the past who've had budding music careers. You can't bring the one that's actually been successful, unfortunately, because, you know, he's with another brand. But... Um, and that's... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the same reason that I would have probably gone with you know, just to answer my own question, I probably would have made an extreme rules Bobby Lashley versus uh, Drew McIntyre. You know, this is so what type of extreme rules match would you have? Well, at this point, and we that's why it's good. We've got basically a month to build up for it um, because, you know, Bobby Lashley lost his chance at the title at Backlash because of distraction. So so this would be the time kind of where an empty arena an empty match. arena sort of a match could make some sense but of course to to take it to a different area and and not necessarily make it a, just another empty arena match maybe having it be something that plays into like Bobby Lashley's history you you could make it a a UFC you know a cage uh, oh sure like something like that match. like an octagon well, match the other thing you could do, and and this would be fun. I don't I don't have a clue who you do it with, but you remember the 1980s movie Running Man? Mm-hmm. You could have kind of a, a dual gauntlet Running Man type match where they get to the ring and have a battle with each other. You know, um, which basically you have MVP um, manipulating the rules of said match. You know, and then you get you get a, a whole different circle there but that would be really hard to set up god that'd be a lot of fun though yeah like like you say a dual gauntlet would probably be be a ton of fun you know on one side you have drew mcintyre and and he's got to uh beat let's say three people right 
to make it to the main main match. And none of those matches in and of themselves are for the title. But if he loses oh. any of them, he loses the title to whoever wins the final match sort of a thing, right? Yeah. Um, so he's got he's to win all of those to make it to the final match and keep his title. Then on the other side, you have Bobby Lashley, Lashley who's got to get through get, get through all those people. And he's got to run a gauntlet. Whoever wins the gauntlet goes to the match against See, Drew McIntyre. And we've uh, talked about doing that before. Uh, and I don't remember. Was it on an NXT that we suggested it, but where there would be a gauntlet and the motivation for quickly finishing your existing match is so that the other guy has to have a match and you get the rest period. Like you could even have a little bit of try to interfere without causing a DQ in order. To, oh no, it was after war games because they have the side-by-side -side rings. Mm -hmm. Well, or, and, and like for COVID this, happened. it could be fun, you know, using the performance center as yeah as a couple thing rings beside each other those couple rings um where you know you've got two matches going on at the same time yeah if you uh, had which six was... rings lined up they move from one ring to the next after they beat the guy mm -hmm. and then that gives them rest time at that final ring that's also mm -hmm. a really fun idea yep that's not a bad i i really like that idea especially for those two you know high endurance high physicality um entertaining athletes you can you can almost have you know you start off with a with i don't know uh tozawa and kushida in in two of the rings mm -hmm. and then you move on to you know uh and if they lose they're out like if the other guy gets to the end and is in that ring by himself he's the champion mm -hmm. or you know? even if you have it from strict gauntlet rules who whoever wins the match uh goes on so of course drew mcintyre is not going to lose to tozawa or whatever right but yeah. it moves up to the next one and the next one is now sheamus sheamus or someone like you know what i mean like that um yeah. and jeff hardy and at that point, you're like, well, I mean, they're pushing Jeff Hardy. They could have Jeff Hardy win and, and go on to the title picture. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'd say. Plus, you can use this. This is where it becomes a cinematic because you're having two matches going on at once, ha being able to film it cinematically and, and then edit it, you know, makes yeah. that good. And then you're not forcing, you're not actually forcing any one of those wrestlers to legitimately wrestle four matches in a row, right? No. You can legitimately you film can, it. So they can they stretch if they get a cramp or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. You, that you would film be a the lot scene of, of you film the scene of Bobby Lashley after destroying you know whoever in the first match. You film him just standing there for the rest of Drew McIntyre's first match, and then you let them all f off and take a break for a while. Um, and then you come back and you, you film them getting into their second ring for their second match, and they do that. And that, that would allow you to use this well, whole cinematic thing um, for a real purpose. And if it's, just... if it's a run the gauntlet type thing, you could actually have, if you're done with your match first, you know, you don't necessarily get that break. Instead, you're moving on to the next match. You can decide how you want to do it, kind of a tortoise in the hare sort of thing. And and then you could even have, you know, Bobby Lashley barely gets in before the 10 count after they ring the bell for theirs because he was kind of effing off for a little bit. So, so yeah, they, you know, that's something that they can do. Um, 
that's kind of where I was thinking, especially with the name Extreme Rules, you know, having having to have it something like that. Um, and may and maybe you have the final match in an octagon just to put everything together, just to add a little something to it, yeah. add a little something to it to 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 look like you're stacking the deck in Bobby Lashley's favor. Um, Ooh, here's something fun. They would allow you to feature a new guy on SmackDown, the ref being Matt Riddle, mm-hmm. which allows them to feature the other t- the other brand, but uh, an MMA star in the ring with them featuring that that final as the final ref which can give you either a riddle heel turn or a riddle face yeah well and you know i mean even just just using it as a way to feature some of the the up-and-comers like the reports have it that dominic dijakovic is headed up to the main roster you have him uh be one of the people that drew mcintyre has to go through you know yeah. Uh, to get to it, so you can feature him a bit. You know, you, I mean, you re- legitimately can showcase a bunch of people who not, aren't normally on TV uh, through this. You know, I mean, in the end, you're talking a total of seven matches, three gauntlets on either side, plus the final match. You know, so that's uh, a total of five additional opponents to deal with, you know, or six additional opponents, you know? Um, well, yeah, that allows you to get some of those lesser names on television, you know, because here's the deal. I think the day with, with the advent of the network, I don't think people are getting paid extra um, for downloads or for purchases of their, of their uh, pay-per-views after the fact. So I think that gives you something too. Yeah. I don't know. You could do a four hour Iron Man match. That's literally happening. A false count anywhere Iron Man match. That's literally happening the entire length of the show. <laughs> Let's go check in on the Iron Man match. <laughs> Sam, what's going on back there? Yeah, this is Sam Roberts backstage, and oh my goodness, it's crazy. Let's check over here. <laughs> this is what happened when you were watching a, a wrestling match. That would be kind of fun too, but people would be like we missed so much no you didn't like no it's a cinematic match it's just happening throughout yeah but so anyways i think that's how i would do it um yeah i like that idea too let's move on to your challenge to me my challenge to you so I like to throw it back a little bit frequently. Um, and there are some things that exist today that didn't exist, I don't know, say in the 90s. And so I'm going to challenge you to book a new first ever Money in the Bank ladder match and have it occur in WWE circa 1998. Oh, geez. Well, now so I got That means you get no Jericho, but you do get The Rock. Farouk, Stone Cold, Kane, Undertaker, Mankind, all those different people. You still get Edge. I am I am pulling up the uh, if I can find one the WWE roster from 1998. You have Gold Dust, Ahmed Johnson, and I'm hoping you pick somebody who never won the title back then. Okay, so let's but see. You don't have so how many entries are we gonna do since it's the first people ever but since it's the first ever uh what month is money in the bank usually in march 
Uh, no. no, it's it's usually right now because Extreme Rules is usually later in the year. But I think it's, I think it's the June or July one right before SummerSlam. Uh, we will look at April because that's the only one that I can actually get uh, here. Well, I'm not the only one I can get January, February, March, or April, but not past there. So let's see here. Um, I suppose we can do six on six. I was thinking since it was the first ever, we could make a change to that. It wouldn't be six on six. It'd just be a six man. Just a six man. Uh, anyways, I, my point is we still could could make a change to that uh, because it's the oh, first ever. Um, so four if you wanted. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, because this is uh, old school wrestling and before high flying was really the norm um i'm gonna actually make it a uh a four on four an eight man total um, for money in the bank for money in the bank the very very first money in the bank ever ladder match so let's see here we are starting off with this is uh, like eight years early man this is yeah. really early we're gonna start off with owen hart Ooh. um we are going to then add into that Mark Marrow. The Wild Man. Love it. Uh, we are going to do... Um, we'll put Early The Rock in there, because this is this would have been pretty right early. As, right as he took over, I think, took over Nation of Domination. So, still pretty early, The Rock. Um, we will do D'Lo Brown, because he's gotta have oh, D-Lo. He's, he's in he's in the nod with him so yeah mm-hmm. yep um trying to decide on the other four um you know i mean i we we have edge we got i think he's him. in the brood isn't he yeah he, he'd probably be in the brood at this point um but he would go into this so that puts us at five total uh um x-pac was there so that puts us at six. Um, you know, I'm going to put some, because most of the who I've put so far have been relative high flyers for the time. So let's also put some big guys in there. we got two more spots to fill for some power. Um, Boy, there's a, there's a couple guys I could really see doing well in this. That, that's where I'm, I'm you know, like, eh, probably should have just stayed six, man. I'd be done now. Um... Well, I think for a big man, you, you don't have a, a much better big man for the time as Big Van Vader. So Big Van Vader would be number seven. Oh, he was back for that time. Okay. Yeah, he was technically there at this time. Um, I don't know if he lasted too long, but um, just trying to think one more. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna have the big guys. Jeff and Matt would have both been there too if you have Edge in that. But yeah, again, you know what's funny is well, if what's funny is I'm looking at this and I don't know exactly how how uh, accurate this particular roster that I'm seeing right now is. It does say there's 14 people that are un- inactive at this time, but I don't see Christian and I don't see Gangrel on this list, and I also don't see um, Matt and Jeff Hardy on this. But it could be that for whatever reason they were inactive at this time. Um, so, but for number eight, this would have been pretty early in the Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I think you put Steve Austin in there as well to bring a little bit of 
like legitimacy to it, right? Wow, so, I really thought you'd bring uh, Ken Shamrock in. I was debating on it. I, I was uh, him and Steve Blackman were high on my list. Yeah. Uh, to bring into this, but I, I really felt like we needed for this someone who is a big name at the time. You know what I mean? Uh, to to bring it where everyone everyone can look at this and be like, well, Steve Austin's definitely gonna win it. You know, um, in the end, uh, this can be a nice kickstart to the uh, the Rock versus Steve Austin long back and forth that they've had, right? Um, so in the end, St- uh, Steve Austin and The Rock are both basically there to fight each other and and not actually go after the belt in the end. Yeah, you know, the briefcase, I should say. You okay. know, sure. uh, but they they're there to bring legitimacy and and elevate this thing. Um, and no gold dust. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I just was caught off guard. God. Yeah. No. I thought about gold dust as well. Um. Yeah. The, the thing is, there's so many people on this list that I that I thought about. You know. Um, there was a good roster at that time. I mean, Taka Michinoku uh, definitely was high on my list there. Uh, he could have been a phenomenal addition to this. Like, was it Funaki there then? Uh, I think Funaki was. I didn't see him on this list, but it's kind of a tightly typed list. But I even thought about uh, Carl Pierre Ouellette. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Put, putting PCO in it way back then. Um, or John Tenta, putting him in there. Oh, Lord. Um, but so, yeah, uh, Steve Austin and The Rock are really there to kind of offset each other and, and fight each other in the end, and neither of them are going to be a real threat to to winning it because they're going to be on that. Big Van Vader is going to be in there mostly just to be a disruptive factor and be the guy that everyone has to team up to try to take out of the sure the running sort of a thing, right? Um, much like they uh, did an AEW with Brian Cage, trying to bury him under stuff so that he can't climb the ladder. Yeah, well, I mean, you could you could easily have you know Stone Cold hits him with a stunner and then he <laughs> bounces up and falls right into the rocks, rock bottom, and it looks like they're gonna get along, and then they start beating the crap out of each other, and that's how you eliminate three guys at one time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, o- Owen Hart. I, I really feel like I would have put him uh, at least getting close to all the way, but I'm not sure I'm debating on whether I would have had him win. Um, Xbox there to do crazy Xbox stuff, you know, uh, and that's, to be perfectly honest, uh, where some of those choices are for just the idea of them doing crazy stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Uh, the same thing with Edge. You know, I I think this would have been too early to have him win one. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Uh, in his career, he wasn't ready for it for that sort of thing at the time. Um, D'Lo would would be like I say, like you said. You I know, think help you could have, you could have Edge get taken out by Gangrel because he's pissed off that he's in it instead of Gangrel, and that's that's a good breakup for the Brood. In fact, yeah, possibly. Yep. Um, but like I say, D'Lo is mostly there to try to help help out the rock you know because they're they're stable mates and everything but then when rocks out then he eventually tries to uh go after the belt or the briefcase uh but i don't think i'd have him win i i i really think this is a tougher one just from the standpoint of who do you actually have win in the end 
So who do, uh, who do you have left? You have Owen as a maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I, I really should have highlighted everyone because now I'm trying to remember who all I put in. Uh, Mark Marrow is Mark also Marrow. a maybe. Because I, I think Mark Marrow was one of those people that I don't think ever got a really fair shake in WWE. Oh, I would agree with that. Um, uh, Partially because when he came, they found out he couldn't use the gimmick that he was hired to use. And so then they were like, oh, crap, let's come up with something else. Uh, but, I mean, the the dude was a genetic freak. Uh, and athletic is all get out, you know. Um, uh, mostly, I think I've already gotten D'Lo uh, pretty much eliminated, I think. Yeah, I, it, it's interesting. Rena, Reno really just has a thing for effeminate men, doesn't she? Yeah. And his name is Officer Mark Smarks. And he lives in Omaha, Nebraska for you, Brock. Yes. Go ahead and look it up and you can come and you will find <laughs> me. Um, but but you know what? If you send if you send a tweet that you're coming to find me, I will uh, arrange for a place where I will give you a call at a uh, cell phone hidden there and I will say, Hey Brock, I didn't mean it. Please don't kill me. Big fan. <laughs> tweet again. <laughs> Love you. Um, I I think in the end, I would have it be down to Mark Marrow and Owen Hart. Um, I'm just torn as to who I would have win. I got to be honest with you. Both of those people, I think, deserved more, you know, more popularity than they got. I don't even think popularity is the term. More push than they got. Uh, Yeah. and, And, you know, the sad thing with Owen Hart is... The accident that happened later stopped him from ever getting the push that he would have eventually got, right? I don't know if he would have, because they were burying him as the Blue Blazer at that time. Yeah, and he would have eventually. He was way too talented. But uh, as as much as I love Owen Hart, I, I just got to go with my gut. I would have given the win to the inaugural Money in the Bank years before it ever happened to Marvelous Mark Marrow. You chose Mark Marrow over Owen Hart. I just gotta, it's my gut. I I can't. I can't fight it. I he, question your love of the game. I, I'm telling you, go back and watch a Mark Marrow match from this era and tell me that he did not deserve way more than he ever got. Uh, and and so much of it was he was he was saddled with bad gimmicks in WWE. Uh, he was saddled with a bad gimmick in WCW. I mean, let's be honest with you. The wild the, the wild man, the uh, play on Little Richard, you know, that wasn't a great gimmick just in general. Um, but just from a skill, I mean, if, if Mark Marrow in 1998 was able to time travel forward and join AEW in 2020, he would fit right in with... Really, I he would he would kill it. He he I feel had like the in honor of episode now out of nowhere. I just I I just think he he never got the props that he deserved. And no, that's fair. You know, I think. Well, I mean, he was the first victim of of Triple H burying people. Well, I don't know. That might have been Henry Godwin, but you know, theoretically, Triple H lost to Henry Godwin. So. But yeah, I think that, you know, and in the end, like we say, uh, the money in the bank is really about elevating a mid-tier star up to potentially the main main tier, the main event. Yeah. Um, 
1998, I'm I'm not sure Owen was ready either. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, he wouldn't get. Well, I mean, the night that Brett won the title off of Yoko, um, and Lex fought Yoko earlier in the night, and Brett fought Yoko later in the night, but Brett fought Owen earlier in the night. Owen beat Brett the same night Brett won the title. I think Owen would have been ready, and his heel work was spot on. His heel work was better than Brett's in the in the uh, Canadian only group or whatever they call it. The it wasn't the Heart Foundation. It was because there were other people like Brian Pillman was in it. Yeah. Uh, listen, all all I'm saying is I didn't think in 1998 he was quite ready for the main event. Okay, fair um, enough. And I, and and you guys can come at me uh, over whether Mark Camaro was ready for the main event push at that time. Oh, but, I, I think he'd have been a good. I the unfortunate part is I think if you have Mark Camaro do it, then the first ever winner of the money in the bank needs to lose. I don't think he beats HBK or Stone Cold, who were the primary two title holders that year. Um, I suppose that that the. the screw job in 97 is what put the title on HBK and HBK lost it to Stone Cold in I think it was SummerSlam I think here I'll look it up let me google that for me yeah but I mean here's the deal is you know keeping in mind that the money in the bank you know can hold on to it for a full year uh so you know he didn't have to ca- you know cash it in until 1999 you know middle of the year 99 that that could change who he cashes it in on, you know, right there. No, it was WrestleMania. Apparently, that's when that's when he lost to uh, to uh, Stone Cold and uh, the other person was involved, um, the, the Mike Tyson. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like 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 you say, we were. This is one of those impossible booking scenarios just in general. I, I mean, I could have filled it with, like, big names from the time. But sure. but in the end, you know, that's one of those things where uh, you've, you've got to be careful because, like we said, it's a it's all about who who you want to elevate to the main event. Right. So um, so looking at uh, the the. Uh, WWE Championship, right? Um, going after whenever Money in the Bank would have been. Uh, in September, uh, the title was temporarily vacated after Kane and Undertaker simultaneously pinned Stone Cold Steve Austin in a triple threat. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, then... Because he uh, lost it to Kane at, uh, at King of the Ring in June. King of the Ring, and then he won it then back next night, the next and then, day. So he lost it simultaneously to Undertaker Kane at mm-hmm. in September. He said, "Yeah, at Breakdown in Your House." And okay. then November fifteenth, The Rock won it in the Deadly Game tournament uh, that was at Survivor Series, the recreation of the Montreal Screwjob from a year before. <sighs> And that was definitely too soon. I, you know, I think they've overdone the the recreations just in general. I think, but there's a time and place, and one year later was not it in my book. No. But anyways, so then The Rock was the champion until December 29th when Mankind won it in a no DQ match from The Rock. Then The Rock won it back January 24th. Then Mankind won it January 26th. 
then the rock one at february 15th those are all prime opportunities to have thrown a mark marrow cash in sure sure you know what i mean this is especially on mankind truth be told shamrock the reason i was i said shamrock is i thought that was the perfect time to have shamrock win Mm -hmm. um and the perfect style to have shamrock win it because he was kind of a tweener um kind of a tweener that that never really i mean remember in in the same night he beat hbk and brett who were going to be fighting for the title soon um and got screwed you know out of out of being in the title match so um yeah I'm okay with that. So, I am absolutely. So, so yeah, so yeah, you have the Rock win it November fifteenth, nineteen ninety-eight. You have Mankind win it in the no disqualification match um, on December 29th. which is um, a Raw episode, right? It was a Raw episode, but it was actually aired on tape delay uh, on January fourth, right? So it was a pre-recorded that didn't. So technically, officially, it's according to WWE records, January fourth is when he won. Um, right. But so it was a no disqualification match with The Rock. That would be that would be the time. Mankind finally wins it. He's celebrating. Mark Merrill runs down, cashes in on someone who just went through a no DQ match, wins it. Then Royal Rumble, uh, end of January, uh, was when they ended up having the I Quit match. So so what you have to do is there the you rejigger it where where, where the rock takes it off of him so they can still have the I quit match. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where sometime before then the rock has, has a match to take it off him and, and gets it back. Like the, the rock cashes in his, his rematch, rematch clause. clause. Technically not a rematch. He didn't have anyways. So, so then, then you have the I quit match and then you go on your merry way. Uh, but you've elevated Mark Merrow up. So I, th- I think that's I th- a good way to do it. It's also a good way to bring Triple H into the title picture, which happens shortly after that, mm-hmm. because they had their feud. So yep. Triple H could say, "I, he's the champion. I beat him. I took his wife from him." You know, type I, thing. I also want to point out we've talked before on WBU and fantasy booking and all of this stuff about how the title changing hands frequently does not necessarily ruin the title, and this is oh. a perfect example. From November, from September 27th to uh, February 15th of 99, right? So in the course of Six November, yeah, October, November, December, January, February, the end of February, six total months, right? Uh, that title changed hands one, two, three, four, five, six times. And we still didn't have Triple H's run. Nope. So and Triple then, H still has yet to be a title winner. Yeah. That's what we're talking about is you can still do this. And who cares if you throw in, especially with the money in the bank. The money in the bank is the prime opportunity to pull a title off somebody. And you can take it back off of them if you want. Or you can leave it on them like you did with the Miz. You know, you can do it. You can pull a Dolph Ziggler. Or you can pull a Miz. Either one. You can have a short run or a long run. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you're you're creating this elevated position now you have to use elevated athletes we've already proven that because otherwise you get the um oh canadian guy of indian descent uh ginger mahal there we go you get the ginger mahal almost a year run with the title because that's what you know, like i said here september 27th it was vacated november 15th was the first time <laughs> it was won 
But November 15th to December 29th, a little a little bit over a month, month and a half, right? One run. December 29th to January 24th, one month, another run. Uh, January 26th, two days later, uh, yep. another run, right? February 15th, less than a month, another run. March 28th, just over a month, is when Stone Cold wins it back. Another month, you know? Uh, yep. May 23rd, uh, two months later, right? Undertaker wins it. Uh, June 28th, one month later, Stone Cold Steve Austin wins it back. You know, th- then you get your biggest jump from June to August. That's still only two months, you know? Yeah. Uh, we don't have to have a 400-day champion. We yeah. just don't. And then August 22nd to August 23rd, one day, and then it goes back to Triple H. But so you have Rock, Mankind, Rock, Mankind, Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Stone Cold, Mankind, Triple H, you know? And Kane all in, in the there. course of six months. Um, as of right now, Kane was not in any of those. Um, he was earlier, though. He was earlier, yeah. You know, but that's what, over the course of six months there, it just goes back and forth between four or five people. Um, and that, in my opinion, that actually helped build it more than putting it on someone for... Well, it built all four or five of those people. I mean, if you, if you, if you look at a roster today, just and, and choose your roster. Are there guys that you could elevate the title with that aren't even getting considered for it? And I would contest, yes, there is. In fact, we mentioned it on Sunday when we were talking about on on the WBU review of um, oh, what was Backlash uh, that I would have liked to see Morrison get that win. Um, and then you could elevate Miz at the same time. And then so now you've got because in that world, because Roman's out. What do we have for title contenders? We mm-hmm. have Miz Morrison, who are both one's a former champion and one almost been the champion. Um, you have obviously Strowman. You have the Fiend, which again we suggest that you need to treat him more like Undertaker in terms of he doesn't have to hold the title a lot. Um, in fact, you you want his feuds to not be about the title. You want him his feuds to be emotionally driven because it's better that way um you have Seamus is on that brand now so you have Seamus you have Jeff Hardy these are all people that you could have in that title hunt that they don't have in it right now and so what what does my mind think when I see Seamus versus Jeff Hardy oh this is going to be a really good mid-card match it's not a mid-card match that's a championship caliber match you well, know? and needless to say, you also have Kofi, a former champion. Yeah. You have um, Big E, Big a guy e, who could easily really, be a champion. Yeah. Um, and that's my point is, you know, uh, um, instead of having, well, let's even go down to NXT. Uh, and and you know me, I love me some Adam Cole Bebe, right? Absolutely. Uh, he's held the championship now for a year, right? Has that year built up other stars as champion hasn't even built up the title it's built up adam cole it's built up adam cole but can you imagine if during that year he had lost it to keith lee and then won it back from keith lee using heel tactics right and then lost it to dijakovic and then won it back from dijakovic using heel pack tactics you know what i mean um and then lost velveteen dream yeah maybe he beats velveteen dream you know uh that's fine, you know, but but have it be Maybe a series Dream's of... the one who cost him the match against Dijakovic. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
you you're building several people. You you've got Gargano, you've got Champa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now you have Killer Carrion Cross. Sorry, not Killer Cross, Carrion Cross. Um, realistically, you have Dexter Loomis. God, that mm-hmm. dude, that dude is so good at what he does. Oh my God, he's so good at what he does. <laughs> you have Matt Riddle. The, those would all have built up those people and at the same time built up that NXT championship. And they wouldn't have hurt Adam Cole, right? No. Uh, Adam Cole comes out of this all smelling like roses one way or another. Adam because comes out of this as the Stone Cold. Different mm-hmm. character, but as the as the cream of the crop, as the Triple H of this group. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Triple H circa 2000 to 2004. You know, Adam Cole is that guy. He's, in fact, he's perfect to be that guy. And, but and I'm, I'm not saying you can't championship reigns. And I'm not and saying you like can't eventually have a long championship reign. You know, uh, you can follow up these 30 day, 60 day reigns, stuff like that, with a 120 day reign, yeah. like Triple H had from Janu- January 3rd to April 30th, you know, of 2000. You can have. The Kurt Angle 120 day reign. You know, in fact, it makes those reigns feel more important when the title bounces around a bunch beforehand because you've shown total title now volatility. He's defending against all but those he, people. Yeah, now he's defending against all those people, and, and instead of it being just normal, I mean, when was the last time that we had a, a title holder? That we just didn't expect to hold it for six months, you know? Yeah, it's I been mean, a long time. The, the closest would be Kofi. Yeah. Kofi or uh, uh, Jinder Mahal, who held it for 182 days, something like that, 182, 186. Ridiculously long amount of time. Yeah, I, I would contest that the title moving actually elevates your brand. Um, and AEW's kind of proved me wrong a little bit there. But we haven't seen what AEW does if the title moves. They also don't have the star caliber at the top. They have the star caliber right below the top. And so maybe they do have it and we just don't know yet. Well, but also keeping in mind with AEW, they've only been doing actual shows since September. A year. Right? Oh, yeah. Six months. Yeah. They've only Uh, had a title for a year. Yep. They've only had a title for a year, but they've only been doing actual like weekly shows for about six months and they've already had two champions and yeah, and you want to establish a champion your first champion you want to establish some time there so i get that and they're they're also towing a line there where the owners the management isn't putting themselves in title matches and that's a, a key for them but so yeah so so to our point when we were talking about oh that period where there were all of those those reigns over the course of that time. Now let's look in recent past. Uh, Drew McIntyre has held on to it for uh, 72 days right now. Has I it think been it's 72 days since WrestleMania? Um, that's smoke. the official recognized right now, 72 days. Um, technically, because WrestleMania was pre-taped, they're saying it could be 82 days because it was taped enough in advance, but it's officially recognized as 72 days. Uh, but before that... Brock Lesnar uh, had the SmackDown title for 184 days. Uh, Kofi Kingston had it for 180 days. Daniel Bryan had the SmackDown title for 144 days. 
yeah, AJ Styles. Lots of six month runs. AJ's was almost a year. Three over a year. Three hundred and seventy one days. Gender's hundred and seventy days. Uh, you go back. It goes back to two thousand seventeen. Was the last time they had a a title that was less than uh, three, months. three months. Less than well, um, less than ninety days. Time. Yep. Because uh, that was Randy Orton had it for 49 days. Bray Wyatt had it for 49 days. John Cena had it for 14 days. And again, I would suggest that all three of those guys are more elevated than, with with the exception of maybe AJ, than any of the rest of them. Brock just looks like a machine who just destroys people. So the problem with Brock is that for so long it was only Seth that could beat him, and it was always an out of nowhere or a low blow or a cheat or whatever it may be that Seth had his number and that wasn't healthy and and a lot of that stems from they were trying to figure out a way to push roman and so if you're trying to figure out a way to push one guy then you're neglecting all these other guys yep how much would we love to see roman hit a spear at the exact time well in fact lashley did it at the exact time that that uh uh drew mcintyre is going for the claymore you know so I think there's something to be said there. Yes. I don't know. I, I agree. But that's been us going off onto a tangent based on me having Mark Merrow win the uh, original Money in the Bank ladder match taking place like eight years before it actually took place. <laughs> so, so, see what I said about uh, unlikely uh, scenarios in pro wrestling? Uh, that's <laughs> what we a, do here. Turns into a WBU really easily. It, it does. We're, we're, we're a little like that dog from up where we're like, squirrel! And we go off on it. But, so. but we have a, a segment that we've done for, what, four weeks now on FBI? Yep. It's five weeks. Something like that. Four or five weeks. And it's, it's now, it might be my new favorite segment on the show. So. And really, this is an off-the-cuff um part to this episode too because we don't discuss who we think might be better on a different brand mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to move on to Ring of Honor, AEW, or Impact it used to be Nullify, Vilify, Deify which was the shameless copy of Fire, Push, Bury, or FMK if you want to really get technical about it but I decided it, we needed to switch it up and so now it's simple I'm going to give uh, D.A. Fabe a list of three WWE wrestlers, and he needs to decide to relocate them to a different company. Each what? Relocate one to Ring of Honor, one to AEW, and one to Impact. And part of what we like about this is none of these are necessarily, like, a bad thing. You know, and none of these are getting fired. None of these are getting buried necessarily. We do kind of treat ROH as though it's being buried, but there's times where it makes more sense to be on ROH. Mm-hmm. It really does. And that's what I say. It's not necessary. Like if if you decide to put Roman Reigns in Ring of Honor, that's technically a burial, right? Yeah. Uh, but if if it's Daniel Bryan and you're saying I think he would be better off in Ring of Honor. It's not a burial. It's putting someone where they would actually do better. And I think that's part of why we like it. Um, I really enjoy it. So for my challenge to DA Fabe, the choices are, we were talking a little bit before about WWE big hosses. So uh, I am doing Brock, Braun, and Big Show. Um, Okay. I think Brock just fits really well with AEW. 
I think his personality, I think their their work schedule fits well for him. Um, it wouldn't feel like he's not there because AEW frequently doesn't have a lot of their main star wrestlers not there. I mean, so long as you don't put a title on them, nobody's going to be pissed off about it. Um, so I think my, for, for the sake of Brock's preferred schedule, um, for the sake of the athleticism that's there for the th- sake of how big the athletes are in terms of of their their following the inside and outside the industry i think brock and aew just makes a lot of sense and it gives you a chance to have a brian cage versus brock lesnar or a and i think brock's at a stage in his career where he will put people over if he thinks they deserve it um pretty easily um it also gives us another shot at moxley brock where maybe they can get along with each other um because i think brock Brock would maybe now see Moxley as a bigger deal and wouldn't have to, you know, no sell the dirty deeds and get up and walk out of the ring like it was nothing um, after the match was over. Um, I don't know if I would run that risk. Like, I, I think his feud with someone else, you know, Wardlow, MJF, um, I'd love to hear the war of the words Brock talking as Brock with MJF because MJF is, is such a natural prick. Um, and Brock is so incredibly good at uh, just making just the most worthless statements that you go, what did you, I mean, uh, Brock is a, is a non-trained version of uh, Big Papa Pump sometimes when he's using the mic. And we saw a lot of that in UFC. So I, I would love to see Brock um, at AEW. Uh, I would, uh, the the hard part is deciding which, which of the two giants really um, should go where. Uh, I w- ROH is not giant friendly not big dude friendly um it doesn't really fit for big dudes and um and i we can always we can always have a you say that butt moment but at the end of the day it's just not a brand that's known for large and in charge guys um and i think because of that i would probably go with big show because big show is is more of a career guy and um maybe it's that i've fallen for vince's pushes uh, with Braun, but Big Show really just, he's he's been great as the big dominant guy, he's also been great as the guy who gets taken out at the knee and, and is beatable, um, so I'm gonna get probably, I think I'm gonna go with Big Show to ROH, though I don't love it. <laughs> um, if I could put Brock there and, and, and think that he wasn't the best fit for AEW, I would, but he's the obvious best fit for AEW. Um, and I'd probably go with Braun just in his beefy giganticness, um, kind of filling the role that Chris, that uh, Brian Cage uh, left behind, the vacuum that Brian Cage left behind in uh, in uh, Impact. Okay, I I don't know if I would have done that. Braun versus Moose. Braun versus Moose would be a lot of fun. I mean, Moose is really the thing that's holding together the big dude aspect to Impact right they, now. They've also got a lot of big in terms of really really large dudes in impact that are up and comers but they they don't perform in the ring well right? and 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 uh, i'm using really really large as a euphemism for fat 
Um, and, <laughs> and that would and, be fun to see Braun be able to pick those guys up and, and manhandle mm-hmm. them the way he does. Because he is, he's genuinely that strong. I mean, he was a world strongest man competitor, was a world strongest man finalist. It wasn't like North America's strongest man where he's earning the right to go to world strongest man. He was a finalist. He's a, he was a top 20 world strongest man at one point. Uh, wasn't the world's strongest man. That's obviously Mark Henry. Duh. Duh. Uh, <laughs> but no, in world's strongest man competitions, it's about power and motion. And, and he would do really, really well in tossing around guys like Tyrell at one, um, who, you know, played football in Kearney, Nebraska, kind of a, yeah. Yeah. um, of all the places. Funkasaurus. Boy, he could have been a lot better than he was too. <laughs> Yeah. I want to be a funk dactyl. That might be a t-shirt. I want to be a funk dactyl. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's where I go with those. And it's tough because Brock would elevate those other two so much. Um, Brock on ROH means people stay up late to watch it on Sinclair Media. Like, <laughs> legitimately. Um, I just don't think you get him on ROH. Um, and and I I don't see how it Brock in ROH Brock in, Brock or Braun in ROH turns into immediately turns into big guys just squashing a bunch of little guys manhandling uh, it turns into Brock doing F5s into the ring post to everybody and it just gets boring fast and I think Big Show can play the game a little bit better so I think I think I think it I, I think it hurts Brock to go to ROH I think it hurts Braun to go to ROH not because ROH is bad but because the natural behavior model there is big dude squash a bunch of little guys yep. and it's just not fun agreed so that's your turn. Sure people are willing to do it. Uh, I'm going to go back to traditional, and I'm going to go uh, with the the normal stuff. I'm not going to change it again this week like I did last week. Uh, I'd like to see you change it at some time. Maybe take only Impact guys and put them on NXT NXT Raw SmackDown or something. But no, you just got to stick with the original plan all the time. That's my challenge to you for next week. Challenge not accepted. I know because you're you're that way. I'm gonna take the new day. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I don't know even know if we've. I think we've done this already, haven't we? I think I did it the other day, a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to think. Damn it! The more I thought about it, I was like, ah, I think we put Big E on Impact. Dang it! I'm pretty sure we have. Okay, so um, I'm gonna take Active Undisputed Era. So Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, um, Adam Colbebe, who's been Adam Colbebe has been in lots of these, um, but I don't think we've ever had Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. So I'm gonna take Active Undisputed Era, and I say Active because uh, oh, what's the fourth one's name? Uh, Kyle Um, uh, Kyle Riley. Kyle Riley is filming right now so the marine 73 i think is what he's filming yeah i think it was three weeks ago i had uh new day as the challenge so i'm sorry it's okay it's a fun one though i mean i like talking about kofi and xavier woods biggie and whole whole lot of reasons to do that one which is why i did it three weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) well maybe it changed but i don't think it has yeah i don't think so um okay the undisputed era, the current active ones, Roddy, Bobby Fish, and Mr. Bebe. 
Um, God, I, I don't want to be Steve that Steve Jones, baby. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. The no. tongue. I, I, I don't want to be cliche, uh, but I'm going to be. Adam Cole, baby, goes to AEW. Hey, you know, dubs. I uh, <laughs> as, I think as, he's done that every time Adam Cole's been brought up. Yeah, he's like, don't get me wrong, he would kill it in Impact, and we already know he could kill it in Ring of Honor, right? Uh, but that's not where we want to see versus, him. Him versus Hangman Page in a match, and I think that's what we bring up every single time. Mm-hmm. Him versus Hangman Page, uh, rematches of him versus Omega, him, uh, and him, him and Mox, even him and Cody would be fun to see. Oh so, my gosh! I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So so then oh. it just comes down to the tougher ones, which is Roddy and and Bobby, Bobby Fish. How much fish could a Bobby Fish fish if a Bobby Fish could fish fish? And and that's tough. <laughs> that's tough because Roddy actually years ago was in Impact, and uh, Bobby Fish, of course, with Kyle O'Reilly and. Adam Cole were in Ring of Honor, so it it'd be really easy to say Bobby Fish back to Ring of Honor and and Roddy to Impact, but I I don't think I'm gonna do that. I don't think it's necessarily the best place for him to go. I do, I don't think I'm gonna do that. That'd be easy to do, but I think I think given his current status and everything, uh, uh, Roddy in Ring of Honor could could legitimately be main eventer. You know. Uh, elevating that Ring of Honor championship belt quite a well, bit. Well, you have to think, I mean, in that consideration, you have to think about Roddy now. Roddy two years ago in NXT was not as good as Roddy is now. Mm-hmm. Roddy, Roddy steals moves with the best of them. I mean, literally steals moves with the best of them. He'll do other people's moves against them better than they do. So Well, and and just, you know, he's got like 30 different variations on a backbreaker, and every single one of them makes my back hurt at home watching him do it. I watch him, and go, oh, oh, no, oh, geez. Oh. So, so Roddy in Ring of Honor, because I think I think there's so much fun to be had with him in Ring They're of Honor. They're also the more technical brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that puts Bobby Fish in Impact. And I think that could be a ton of fun because Impact really has a, a lot of great character work in it. And and so, I mean, Bobby Fish versus Sammy Callahan, Bobby Fish versus Chris Bay. I don't know if you've ever seen Chris Bay. He's a new guy in Impact Wrestling, and he's phenomenal. Uh, even even Bo- Bobby Fish versus Moose, that's that's a David and Goliath story right there. Would be yeah, tons of fun to watch. Um, and then, you know, down the road, Kyle O'Reilly comes back from filming. He could join Bobby Fish and Impact, and they could take on the Deaners. They could take on uh, the North. That would be a heck of a great match to watch. So so that's the way I would go. Bobby Fish in Impact, Roderick Strong in Ring of Honor, and Adam Cole, Bay Bay in AEW. That's a lot of fun. A lot that, of fun. That would be... Uh, the thing is, that's why I like this segment because there's no way that that's bad for any of them there. I mean, yours was a little tougher. Big Show actually was probably the toughest part of that. Um, and I yeah, really de- you feel like you're tearing him down, putting him anywhere but WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that was the perfect market for him. They failed miserably with him in WCW. I mean, 
and the guy the guy's a worker he'll work with everybody and that's why i i i've debated putting bobby lashley in that spot instead of big show i debated even choosing someone like dominic dijakovic or or one of the or keith lee in that uh spot but in the grand scheme of things really difficult yeah, when you're talking about big men in WWE, big shows the biggest of the big, you know. Um, yeah. I guess I could have done uh, uh, big men who don't wrestle regularly on WWE and had it been Brock, Big Show, and the Great Kali. You could have thrown in um, a couple of retiree or something. You could have done the biggest men in wrestling ever. So you could have had Yoko and Big John Stud. And Andre. Could have. Could have. Mm-hmm. Throwback. Maybe someday I will. But not today. Throw an earthquake. <laughs> Contenta, baby. Um, so on that oh, my note, gosh. I would love to see. Create. That's a great fantasy booking. Create a new. Um, a new. Uh, we got to. I got to remember this for next week. But create a. Uh, well. A new undisputed era where they have the same, you know, names or same cliches, only with guys from the eighties. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, baby. I I always feel sorry for John Tenta, uh, because he was you know earthquake and and uh, and all of that, and then and and then he he went to WCW and they said we're gonna call you the Shark. And he was so into that character that he got a shark tattoo on his arm. And then, like months later, not they even let... months, they're, they're like, "Nah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna use you. We don't need the shark anymore. We're gonna ma- make you something else all entirely." I can't even remember what it was. So now he's got a shark tattoo on his arm. Uh, that I mean, and it was a big shark tattoo. It wasn't just like some some little, uh, you know, hey, look at this little shark here. It was huge. Uh, I know he eventually. John Tenta needs to come. Is he still alive? I he honestly, I honestly don't remember. I mean, for a guy of his size, I I totally I can't fathom that either. Yeah. Uh, but but it's just like it's just like man, man. No, first of all, maybe wait a little bit before uh, you get the tattoo of the shark on your arm and shoulder because of it. But uh, but man, I'm trying to see if I can find a picture of his shark tattoo. He eventually had it covered up by like a wolf's head or something. He like passed that. in 2006. Uh, you could do a storyline where Shark Boy is the grandson of John Tenta. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be the uh, worst um, grandson storyline we've ever seen. So. <laughs> Or, or son, Ill- or illegitimate, illegitimate son. son. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, first of all, you have the giant being the son of Andre the Giant, even though they they bear only a passing resemblance and, uh, and a disease. Yeah, and that. Uh, but then you know you've got. Um, I mean, the most recent one was Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. Ugh. And I, I still to this day, like, I get it. I understand Jason Jordan did have a passing resemblance to Kurt Angle a bit, mostly because of the shaved heads, uh, I think. But uh, yeah. but tell me if you see, uh, you know, good old Shorty G, uh, Gable, 
next to Kurt Angle that you don't see a lot more of a resemblance there. Like, if you're going to do this storyline, at least pick the one that looks more like him. And also has, like, legitimate wrestling, amateur wrestling, wrestling history. background history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, John Tenta, Avalanche, Earthquake, The Gargoyle, and The Shark. No, he was also a member of uh, The Oddities. Maybe that was The Gargoyle. Might have been. He, I mean, he, he was basically just that, let's throw him something. You know, we'll call him something. Because first he was in the Three Faces of Fear with Kevin Sullivan and, and WCW. And then they're like, no, we're going to turn you into the shark and join the Dungeon of Doom. And uh, he changed the tattoo on his arm from the LSU Tiger to that of a shark in a 24... 24- not... Oh, it's Golga was what his name was. Uh, he also was called the Gargoyle. Yep. Yep. 24 hour tattoo process to get the thing changed into a shark uh and then like no we we don't need that anymore and then he came back under his real name john tenta and they did the shaved head gimmick and then he went to wwf and uh, it's it's he's one of those care those wrestlers back in the day that i don't think got enough credit but he never looked the part i mean he was a he was a great wrestler for for what he could do but he was never going to be main event material, you know, but he really got a short stick, short end of the stick there. You know what I mean? God, as a as a as a uh, sumo wrestler, mm-hmm. his record. This is crazy. His record was twenty one zero and seven. He never lost. Mm-hmm. Seven draws and twenty one wins. He was yeah. a great sumo wrestler. Holy cow! Yeah, I think he was the. If I remember right, he might have even been the first ever white um, Yoko. White Yokozuna. I don't know. Japanese born Yokozuna. Anyway, I, I was just looking at his Wikipedia. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Who well, knew I, that we were going to talk about John Tenta this much tonight? Not I, said the cow. Not I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did know we were going to go off on a bunch of ADD tangents because that's what we always do when we don't have Justin here. So yeah, it's his job to be the ADD guy. And when he's gone, we have to do it. Exactly. We're, well, <laughs> when he's here, we just have to focus so much on trying to keep him in rain that I think we keep us in rain too. But anyways, on that note, we're going to bring this to a close because we would talk until it's four in the morning, which is actually not that far off, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, so we will bring this to a close. Um, I always say to make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. You can also follow us on Facebook. We got the Raw and Order WBU business page up there, so you can uh, do that. You can tweet at us at those. It's great, great ways to. Uh, interact with us make sure to subscribe to this on whatever podcast platform you choose Uh, that way you get notified and downloads immediately after they're posted and you get to listen to them right away Uh, and then I'm sticking with this joke because I love it so much review us on Apple Podcasts give us five stars just like the number of aneurysms Jim Cornette had watching Double or Nothing or you know, cinematic matches or I'm just going to stick with that until Jim Cornette decides to call us out on Twitter. Like this guy keeps saying I'm having aneurysms watching double or nothing. Um, (laughs) That might be forever because I'm betting he's already blocked us. That wouldn't surprise me. Old man yells at clouds. 
Um, you can also go to our Wix site. You will find it in my pinned tweet on my Twitter or in the doobly-doos for this particular episode and pretty much all the episodes as well. There you can find all the ways to listen to us, all the different sites we're on. You can even listen to the show right there on the website. You can read the blog that I'm not great at updating, but I'm still working on it. Um, and you can use the Wix app to... Uh, chat with us directly through it that way that's also going to be in the doobly-doo you can head to patreon.com slash raw and order wbu we talked about it earlier but i'm gonna throw it out there again uh become a patron and get sweet perks like the discord server commercial free episodes voting for classic pay-per-view reviews monthly amas and even the ability to be invited on this show to challenge us to book your fantasy as well as at the top tier a free t-shirt from our merch store um which is also a great point to talk about shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order wbu where we have our merch up including the not a cop shirt including the link is in the doobly-doo shirt um as well as our police academy shirt and a couple other ones and you can even get masks uh so if you want to stay safe when going out in this covid world uh and also rep wbu at the same time you can toss on your wrestling booking unit mask and go out and brave the world there um so the, a lot of ways to support us, including the one that's absolutely free to you, which is sharing us on your social media and talking us up and telling your friends about us. So, but on that note, uh, unless DA Fabe has anything left to add, I will bring this to a close and we will close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute for this week. Uh, join us uh, shortly when we post our Raw review, our uh, AEW review, our NXT review, our SmackDown review, and then our Wrestling Booking Unit review, whatever. It won't be a review next week. Exactly. Yeah, this will be the first week in a while. Real... <laughs> it's not going to be a review-based one. So, uh, but yeah. So nice come back and listen to all of our episodes join us again but for now thanks for listening we will see you soon 